And let's get right to our tech expert, Adam Oldfield, who joins us here on Global News Radio. Adam, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Okay, let's get your immediate reaction to the announcement from the government, a $150 million broadband expansion to underserved areas in the province. What exactly does this announcement mean? How big is it? Uh, you know what? It's significant and uh, quite a large significant <clears throat> excuse me, impact in regards to what is necessary in the north. I'm going to be honest with you, though, Jeff. It seems it's still not enough, and it's a little late. So I believe the challenge we have in Ontario is we've now been in this crisis where many people rurally uh, are, are challenged with not having access to Internet. And due to the fact that we're forced to work from home, forced to educate at home, it's creating a bit of a, a mandatory element and now we're trying to play the catch-up game and in this degree I feel and to give you a perspective it's it, the not enough part means it's going to take more and time more money more time to be able to get it up and running it's not a horrible thing it's kind of like I don't want to throw mud in the in the face of the premier with this announcement and the the goodwill it's intended to be but to give you an idea this money that they'd be implementing with fiber operations and creating it for uh, North communities and otherwise right now they're based on a cellular older technology if they can get it and those that are using dial-up yes Jeff I know your face went what's that dial-up <laughs> is still used in a lot of the northern Ontario areas and you can imagine trying to do anything with dial-up I guarantee you, you won't be using zoom on a dial-up connection so what you having a fiber system available to be rolled out is a good step however the time to do it, and by the time they set it up, uh, they're going to be running at about one megabytes, maybe up to 25 megabytes per second, which was phenomenal in 1997. However, the year is 2020. So uh, bringing it into another, well, how do we get it where we need to be today? 5G is rolling out. We know that Toronto, the GTA, the areas in the south are really, really starting to migrate into that 5G. That coming, I'm sure we'll talk about that shortly. But in the United States, which is a very large country, they're rolling out 5G and there's still not even a third rolling it out. And it cost $150 billion to set up 5G in the United States. So if you take a look at 150 million on top of 315 million, this means that rural Ontario, northern communities, it's a necessary investment. It is a critical investment. And again, I don't want to be like, oh, here comes Debbie Downer talking about, oh, well, why don't you just get happy, Adam? I think it's a necessary investment, but I think those that when they do get connected, it's still not going to be enough. Okay, speaking of 5G, the other big announcement today in the tech world comes from Bell Telus. They're going with Ericsson instead of Huawei. Why, and what's the impact of Bell's decision? All I can tell you is I'm dancing right now, Jeff, because I'm excited they made that decision. Um, it's huge. And the fact that they're using the Swedish technology is absolutely phenomenal, and I think I have to give them uh, kudos for making that decision. The main difference is that there's nothing really uh, uh, different from what it's capable of doing. 5G is is going to just change the landscape of uh, speed, technology, innovation. It, it's going it, to, with that capability, we'll be able to do more in Ontario uh, from a medical standpoint, from a business standpoint. So not using Huawei, in my opinion, was a genius 
genius decision because Huawei's able with their technology and the components within it, um, there's still some question. And CSIS, our Canadian uh, Enforcement Secret Agency, has commented many, many times that it is not, there's been security issues with the Republic of China with the product that's being developed or we could have now, the negative side of that is it's going to cost up to 30% more for the infrastructure. Um, you know, not purchasing it from China would have give, uh, gives a big price tag to the 5G development and the infrastructure to be set up. So to play off the security issue versus the, uh, the quality will be there. Ericsson's a phenomenal product. Uh, in fact, they were one of the first flip phones. We know that. And now that they're coming out and using that product for 5G, I think it's a phenomenal decision on all of the, the cellular uh, products uh, developers, and I look at that as a, an advancement that people will want to invest in Ontario based on the fact we are not using Huawei's technology. Okay, so having said that, is it likely other carriers, in particular Rogers, will follow suit? Um, I have a feeling that they may. I mean, it all depends on how they're going to look at the bottom line. If they're going to look at this and go, do we want to compromise security versus cost? Um, I, I would love to sit in the room and the board, and I'm sure there's a lot of debate happening to say, you know, there's going to be naysayers that say, listen, Huawei is just being uh, given a bad hand. They're really kind of scrutinizing it, and, and you know, and that's all just Trump pop propaganda. It's nothing to be worried about. However, there is some concern in that, and we don't know what's being uh, uh, provided. So the other providers to not use uh, the Ericsson product would probably, I think, might send a little bit of a message in a say, are you really concerned about security privacy in this day and age, and why are you not considering that that uh, element of investment on your end? Um, and it could give the advantage to the other providers if they do choose to go with Huawei. Okay, meantime, Zoom. Let's talk a bit about Zoom, because their profits are, well, Zooming. They're soaring. And so many of us, of course, have uh, taken to working from home during the pandemic. First of all, my question to you, Adam, is how does Zoom, how do they make their money, and how much are they making? <laughs> well, uh, ironically, one of the biggest challenges and debates about Zoom, which is where they climbed and then became scrutinized, is a lot of their information, and you asked a very good question. How are they earning their revenue? One is through subscriptions. Um, you know, they offered a free model, which is where its increase uh, immediately took off. People were able to video chat. They lost their jobs. They were forced into a home, and they needed to find an easy, convenient system to video conference their, their, uh, uh, their work environment environment, their family, their friends, um, but the free version came at a price, and very much in the small print on page 3,465, subsection 4 of that long terms and conditions you scrolled and agreed to, it uses that information and was selling it to third-party partners. Uh, that could be Facebook, that could be Google, it could be anyone that wants to purchase the information that was being uh, signed up on. So, uh, as an example, very, we talk about, you know, where Facebook might be listening and Google might be listening and Amazon for that matter, that information was being utilized through big partners and they were paying large dollars for that matter. So that came under the privacy scrutiny and Zoom got a lot of kickback because it wasn't encrypted or otherwise. But the main reason is that it was easy to use. It was free to use. But of course, free always comes at a price. There are no free lunches, as the old saying goes. I got like 30 seconds, but I want to ask you, do you believe that there's any doubt that video conferencing is here to stay? And if so, can Zoom or whoever else, can they do something to make it more user-friendly? <laughs> 
Well, and that's what the popularity of Zoom has been, is the user-friendly. Honestly, Jeff, that's one of the big things that drew, drove it to such a, a large number. I mean, honestly... Why is it driving so many of us crazy then, Adam? We all got Zoom fatigue. <laughs> well, that's it. I think we're just getting tired of looking at each other with our jammies on while we're talking. So I think we're just probably tired of seeing everyone's living room. That might be one part. So I think, you know what, congratulations to Zoom for making it, but there is a lot of alternatives out there that are more secure, and they're just as easy to use, but they come at a price. That's the only disadvantage of it. All right. Adam Oldfield, appreciate it as always. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff.